Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Roundtable Podcast, where we interview experts who tackle the tough topics and share strategies and techniques that will help you start, build, and grow your real estate investing business. And now your host, Rob the House Guy. This week's Investor Shift Weekly Webinar features Note School's Eddie Speed and Jeff Watson showing us why creative financing, especially notes, is the solution to the current virus market conditions. In this podcast, you're going to discover exactly how to do a few things. One, you're going to figure out where and what the deals are during a pandemic. You're going to double your offer acceptance rate for your wholesale and your flip business. You're going to increase cash flow while minimizing risk and taking the stress out of real estate. What to do when hard money lenders drop their LTVs by 15 to 20%. And most importantly, how to become a deal architect. So without further ado, let's jump right in here. You are going to absolutely love Mr. Eddie Speed and Jeff Watson. Good afternoon, everyone. We have a really, really cool call today for you guys. A uh, couple pieces of housekeeping, like I do on all these calls. Uh, Investorshift.com, two things on that. Number one, we're updating the content every single day. So please uh, go use that as a resource for you guys. It's completely free. It's curated by us, by my team. And we're basically pulling everything that could be relevant to you as a real estate investor and what's happening in, in our economy and in our, in our uh, country right now. And really synthesizing that to, we, we write up a little thing where it says, why does this matter to you as a real estate investor? So I highly recommend that you go off and, and look at our site. Maybe in the evenings is a good time to do it. And then on Fridays, we send you a newsletter. So you can just um, uh, opt in on the right-hand side. We just send you one email per week. And it's a summary of the best articles or the most interesting articles uh, that we found or that we wrote or that, that you guys may have wrote. So uh, we have a little contribute button and we highly want you to, to use that and give us some good feedback. And if there's something that you think is useful uh, to our group and, and to you guys as a whole, uh, we definitely want to see that and, and put that up so that everyone can use it. And this is that, that topic that we've been talking about the, the last six weeks or so, people over profits. And that's why I think this call is going to be really, really fantastic because uh, Eddie Speed, who you can see there, and then Jeff Watson, who you guys know uh, really well, Eddie puts people over profits. He really works and, and really finds... Uh, what the seller needs and what motivates the seller. And uh, and we're going to talk a lot about it today, uh, but Eddie's been doing this for 40 years. Actually, I have a, I have a picture of me, Eddie. I was going to pull up. It's me at five years old, and that's how long you've been doing this business uh, as a little kid. <laughs> he's been around for a while. He's, he's, he's personally done over 40,000 deals, nearly 50,000 now. So uh, so he's been around the block and then around the block again and again. And he's watched these cycles. You know, he's he came in. Eddie, what was the interest rate when you first started investing? Back 20 percent. In <laughs> 20 percent. Can you imagine that? Uh, so 
the cool thing what Eddie, Eddie's going to talk to us about is creative deal structuring and creative financing. And there's multiple levers that you can twist and turn and, and, and uh, make it so that it's to your advantage. My wife, she always liked to lease a car because she could see the deal points, and all the different levers that she could turn and, and make it so that the deal was in her advantage as the buyer or as the, as the car leaser. So it's almost the same way, but in a house. So you got the terms of the sale, the loan and the agreement. So if you know how to manipulate those things in a good way for both you and the seller, uh, then then you can make some creative deal structuring and, and make some money in this market. So this market has turned upside down instantly. So Eddie, I, with that, I wanna turn it over to you and Jeff. And really for, for me today, I wanna be the student, right? So a lot of the stuff you're talking about is, is even new to me. So I, I wanna just be a sponge and I recommend uh, two things for all the viewers out there. One, get a pen and paper. There's going to be a lot of stuff covered. We're going to try to keep it really high level. But I was on a call with Eddie uh, earlier this week. It was a three-hour training call, and, and it was deep, deep, deep. So, And it was fantastic. Uh, and I took pages and pages of notes, Eddie. So uh, I, I may be doing the same here. I may be typing away. Uh, enter your questions in. But if you do enter a question in, try to make them generic enough so it's for for everybody we got hundreds on the call today so uh with that eddie thank you so much and, and i like i said i just want to let you guys uh take it over thank you well you were on a call with us this week and those are that call was for guys that all are what i call the ninjas right they're all hundred house a year plus guys and so i do training for some guys like that but uh, I have a heart for this business and people that are beginning because I started at 20 years old and I was absolutely clueless. So um, I always have a heart for that. And you got my my old buddy. Actually, he is my attorney that is on the line with us today. And that's Mr. Watson. So I come up with some crazy ideas and he has to figure out how to paper it. You know what I'm saying, Don? Yeah, I know. Oh, oh I know exactly what you're saying. Yep. And so today is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Eddie and I have a lot of these conversations and he and I are both going to be trying to keep this at a high level. And Don, that's your main job. Don't let us nerd out too much because we will do it. Yeah. I'll do my best. Yeah. Promises. So, you know, Jeff, I, I thought it would make sense to start out and, and I'll let you kind of um, I'll kind of start it and then obviously I'll let you kind of poke into some questions and Jeff and I talked this morning and we talk all the time Jeff and I talked an hour and 45 minutes on Saturday we've talked probably six to eight hours since all of this privately not we've talked on webinars together and stuff but I mean offline yeah, yeah. And we talked I think on Saturday Jeff and I talked more about mindset than any other single thing we and did so, we did you know Jeff I started this business. I was 20 years old. I, I was a cowboy. I am a cowboy. Okay. I mean, like, so I'm not a cowboy for my day job, but I, it, it's, it, I, it's what, it's what I grew up doing. And it's my, it's a lifestyle that I like as a hobby. And this was the first job you had where you didn't have to wear boots and spurs to work, right? No kidding. When I showed up at buying notes, it's the first job I'd ever had to I'd take my spurs off. And uh, so, you know, I started out, my father-in-law and, and his partner got me started in the business. Now, 20 years old, 
seller financing has reached an epic level because interest rates are 20 percent so people would assume the first mortgage and they the seller would carry a second mortgage at a lower rate than the banks could loan money at what happened what was causing that seller financing filled the gap conventional lending didn't fill so here i am 20 years old i'm calling on real estate brokerage offices right like century 21 back then you know and i'm calling on home builders both of which were carrying a lot of second liens now you got to remember i'm calling on people i'm 20 years old just wet behind the ears and i'm knocking on their door and i'm walking in there thinking this is the best business i've ever seen in my life this is way better than punching cows way better <laughs> and what are they thinking they're, they're thinking they're terrible they're 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 wringing their hands they're worried they're scared they're afraid and they're trying to figure out why this 20 year old is just absolutely enthusiastic you know you see they're the ones that should have been figuring out what i was figuring out it it shouldn't have been me they're the ones with all the experience and so don you cautioned us on the call today you know Listen, I have been doing it 40 years and I have really legitimately closed 40,000, 50,000 deals. That's all great. But look, I've just been doing it a long time. It doesn't make anything special other than I just got up doing the same thing every day for a long time. And I would say that I've not forgotten a single day to feel like what it did when I was that kid. Because you see, the only thing that I had over the guy that I was trying to do business with is I was just taught an angle that would work in a market that the old stuff wouldn't work. That's all that it was. So Eddie, do you think that the stuff that we've been using for the last 10 years will work going forward for the next 10 years? Jeff, there's no way it'll work. In fact, I don't, I don't even know, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in a mastermind with you, Don, that's a how in mastermind. Jeff, Jeff, you've been in that mastermind before. And when I'm in there, this this is a vetted group, right? I mean, they're all like 200 house a year plus guys and there's 150 of them and it's expensive to be in it. And, and, and nobody, what I kept hearing them talk about was wholesale, 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 right? For the last five years, nobody was talking about fix and flip very much. They were wholesaling. Why? Why did they all leave fix and flipping? Because uh, they could find somebody that would pay more for the house unrepaired than they could ever profit if they went through all the brain damage of managing the repairs. Who was that guy? Your HGTV buyers, right, Eddie? You got it. Yeah. Yep. And they were ones that were just getting into it. They didn't understand it. And they were the perfect person for these guys to be wholesaling to. They were weekend rehabbers, right, kind of thing. So that was a market cycle. In 40 years of the business, we none of us had ever seen this situation before, right? Now, I'm going to say to this audience here today, because I get the impression a lot of them are fairly new, 
But if you're not new, it, it's the same story. If you're just going to wholesale a property, in other words, you're not going to physically buy it yourself. The guy that you're wholesaling to, the odds are fairly high. He's not super duper experienced. He might be, but he may not be. Right. He may be kind of inexperienced also. And if he goes to a hard money lender and he tries to get a loan today, Jeff, what's he found out? Well, first he's found out that most of them are out of business. The ones that are still in business, and I represent a couple of them, have got applications out the yin yang wazoo, and they're picking and choosing. And I don't care if they're located in Green Bay, Wisconsin, or Houston, Texas, or anywhere in between, they're picking and choosing for the best deals because they've got everybody lined up asking for money on these things now but they've changed their rules as well, haven't they, Eddie? They have lowered the amount of money that they're willing to loan against a house. The loan compared to the value, the loan to value ratio, they've dropped it. Typically, the number I'm hearing is about 20 to 25%. I don't know what you guys are hearing, but close to that, Don? 65, 75% loan to value right now. I'm seeing, Don, I'm seeing a little more conservative than that. The smart cats that I'm representing, they're at 60%. They want, they want that buyer to have some significant skin in the game. Yeah. So here's the deal. If you don't understand how to utilize creative financing, then you're sinking all of this cash into this deal or the guy you're wholesaling to and pretty much that's not every time clearly we won't say anything's absolute right but it's more likely to make the deal tip over than than in the past it's it's more likely to make the cost of capital too high and with the uncertainty and other things it just means it's not a deal anymore okay yeah. so there's a real simple answer to it oh yeah oh there is eddie and you and i talked about that on saturday we talked about it on monday but you know you've got to be able to turn the Rubik's Cube around and look at it from a different angle. So here's a, here's, a, here's a simple answer. Let's just use a nice round number of the property cost and repairs is $100,000. So just, I know that may not be the price range in your market, but that's a nice round number we can work with. If the hard money lender, Jeff, were willing to lend, 70% or $70,000, you could have the seller carry a $30,000 second lien. And now, let's, let me pause you right there, Eddie, because a lot of the people that are listening to this are going like, okay, I'm targeting absentee owners, I'm targeting free and clears, I'm targeting high equity in my mailing, so yeah, these are people that can do this. And they're willing to do it today and they weren't willing to do it 60 days ago. Because here's the other phenomenon that we're seeing, Eddie, and we'll probably get into this a little bit later in the call, is the line of yield starved investors is getting longer and longer and longer. And so mom and pop that are selling their house for $100,000, boy, they got a choice. They can take $100,000 and go down to their local credit union or their bank 
and they can go make a whopping 1% on that money. But if you could convince them to leave some or a lot of that money into their house for another six to nine months, they'll make 7% on that money. You know, and Jeff, this is, I, I wanna be careful that I don't like dive to get too nerdy, but you gotta remember the second, the seller carrying a second lien is willing to agree to conditions of the loan that a bank or somebody that Jeff Watson represents, you know, they wouldn't agree to that, but that doesn't mean a seller won't agree to it. So now you're talking about not just a loan, but you're talking about a loan that's written on what we refer to and what, what Don referred to in the opening. It's a soft loan. Who says you have to pay interest? Who says you have to have a monthly payment? Or who says you have to pay it off when you sell the house? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that homeowner wants that income stream longer. You know, you could say, Eddie, what's that term you taught me a long time ago? Sleeping, where the note and the mortgage go to sleep for a while? Yeah. So, Jeff, you're an attorney. So, non-attorney this definition for us. What is <laughs> subordination clause? Subordination clause means that one previously recorded lien agrees to let a later recorded lien get in front of them in line. So, so picture, picture you're in your grocery store now, practicing your social distancing on your little yellow or blue spots on the floor, and the guy in front of you with the shopping cart looks at you and says, you can go ahead of me. He just subordinated. Okay, so if I'm thinking, Jeff, this analogy, if you've written this down on a piece of paper, you have a $70,000 hard money loan, he's first, and you have a $30,000 seller second, right? He's second lien to hard money loans in first lien. But Jeff, we could write that document, that second lien to read, if that hard money loan is ever paid off, that you would subordinate to another first mortgage and keep your seller second, still a second position. Yep, I've got that document. I've got a draft of like five different versions of that in my library, yep, yep. So Don, here's what that does. That means now that you used a financing technique to not just close on the property and not require your money, but now you could go cheapen up the, the debt service on a deal that sold for a hundred grand, but it doesn't debt service like a hundred grand loan. So Eddie, if you do that, does it expand the pool of buyers that that fix and flipper can sell to? It expands it to the point he can pay you more money. It oh, expands. you mean he might be able to sell it for a little bit more? Exactly. An extra five or 6% more? Or he might even pay a higher wholesale fee. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So this is the this is this is the art of structuring financing. And when people are generally 
in a buy low, sell high environment, which is where we've been, people didn't look at these techniques as being important. When we started the, the meeting today, we talked about my history. So it's you start to understand my only start in the business was that I was pursuing buying those second lien notes that sellers carried that never would have carried the notes had it not been a mortgage crisis of high interest rates. Right. But the only way that those sellers could sell was to have to agree to take back that second. And so if the only way you can get the deal closed now, and Eddie, this I want the audience to really listen to this. I'm going to butcher it and you're going to clean it up, okay? <laughs> you're now talking to homeowners that can't quite afford to sell. But now if they're willing to let you structure the deal differently, they can now afford to sell. They can now get their some of their equity out in their hands to go move and leave that debt there or whatever, a couple of different options there, and make that house more marketable. Make it to where it doesn't cost as much to fix it up and get the next buyer in it. Market conditions cause our expectations to change. Like Jeff, he used to like Charmin. He only liked Charmin, Don. That's only toilet paper he wanted. The cost of stuff's pretty good right now, though. But let me just tell you, he has lowered his expectations at this point. Oh, Eddie, if um, if you only knew, one of my kids managed to snag a roll of single ply, and every day I'm like, still, I'm glad they got it. You know, I'm not complaining. <laughs> got a package of it, but anyhow, yeah. Here's here's the here's the point, guys, I think we're trying to make to you guys. When you possibly entered the real estate investing business, you entered in a market condition. Your customers were somewhat conditioned to sell their house at a discount. Because for some reason, it wouldn't sell through a conventional realtor the way it used to. Right? So the, the only reason the real estate investor exists is because somehow we're solving a problem that traditional real estate brokerage isn't solving. Is that a fair statement, Don, in most cases? Absolutely. Okay, so we're a market interrupter, right? We, we fix a market that otherwise traditional real estate brokerage doesn't fix. So think of this, if we can be another market interrupter and go structure some financing around the buy, not just saying it's all cash, then all of a sudden we can go do things that I'm fairly sure our competition can't do. Yeah, I, th I think one idea here, Eddie, is maybe go through a case study. Uh, maybe the one Kevin, the duplex or some other deal that really illustrates this, what you're saying, just so people can, can get their, I'm, get, I'm answering questions here. Um, but if you could just give a like a, a beginning to end little case study, that would be helpful, I think. I have a student. Um, I have a student. He lives in Seattle. Now, this happened pr prior to uh, the virus, but this is an example of how you could structure something in today's market. 
So he's buying a duplex. There's a there's a regular first mortgage at five percent interest. Okay, I mean it's it's five percent interest, thirty year loan. The payments, you know, going to be almost fourteen hundred bucks a month. Now in Seattle, that duplex is worth three hundred twenty five thousand. Okay, so it rents for like fifteen hundred bucks a side. Now that wouldn't be normal in when you saw a picture of it, you'd think it's in in Cleveland, Ohio, you'd think it's, you know, 80,000 bucks or 60,000 bucks, but it's a high dollar market and it rents for a lot more money. So here was his idea. I want to buy this and live in one side for free. So he was bantering with the seller of the property because they they wanted to finance they were willing to finance the whole property, but it would have worked either way. You didn't have to, it didn't have to be all seller finance, but they were saying we have to have 5% interest or we're not going to do it. So his only choice, if they were completely unwilling to lower the interest rate, and they were, their only choice was he had to go pay, instead of 5,000 down, he had to pay $65,000 down. Or there wasn't a deal. Okay. So, so when I when he was showing me the scenario and he was saying I need my payment to be fourteen hundred because I want you know to apply uh, of the rent I want to apply a hundred bucks towards taxes and insurance, and then my my new wife new bride my new wife can we can live in the other side for essentially for free rent. We can own it and not rent it, and then we're doing great. So when he brings the deal to me, I says, okay, so you have $60,000 gap in your financing. Yes. And I said, you can't pay any interest on it or any payment, in it, or it throws you out of your cash flow. And he said, correct. I said, then you can get the seller to be willing to do finance that gap for you and for that little piece of the deal they're not going to earn any interest but they get to sell it and not reduce their price so eddie so you become the or they they become the bank on that second and your student can structure that loan in a lot of different ways is that correct it's you think in terms of it's your chalk and your chalkboard so and there's no lines on that chalkboard. You get to put down the lines and the picture. Freestyle. So I so I coached him into something that was probably more aggressive than maybe he would have tried had I not coached him. Right? I said I said structure that sixty thousand dollar loan at zero interest and zero payment due in fifteen years. And I said, remind them that if they sell this duplex to you, they get out of the rental property business and they get to go move. They just retired. They get to go move to the farm and they don't lose their money. They just don't get it all today. Mm -hmm. He called me back and he says, and I had to mentally get him. I had to get him the framework in his mind straight. He called me back and he says, I got to admit, he said that he said they never even they, there was no hesitation. He said, but I got I'm going to admit to you, Eddie, I lost my nerve a little bit. 
I said, you did? And he goes, yeah. He said, I, I, I didn't say 15 years. I said 10. Got weak. And but the point is, is that you said, Don, was this. And that is all of a sudden that that was a real estate deal that was going to fall apart because of the expectations of the buyer, who was my student, and the expectations of the seller, except for the fact that the buyer, my student, came up with financing terms that made everybody happy. Now, the seller would have never thought of that, right, Jeff? They would have never thought of that structure. No, they would have never thought of it. They'd have just simply been like, well, I guess we can't do a deal. And many other buyers would have gone like, well, I can't, I got to go find the 60 somewhere else or I can't do the deal. No one would have ever thought of kicking it out 10 years at zero payments and 0% and sticking a $60,000 balloon 10 years out there, you know? So Eddie, I, I, I'm watching the little button. I can't see the questions, but I see this little button and it is just going nuts. I'm typing away over here. So uh, I'm sorry if you hear me banging no, away. No, no, I'm no, trying Don, to answer it. Don, you're probably, you, no matter how hard and fast you type, you're not going to be able to keep up with the questions that are slamming in. Okay. Yeah. And let's say short version of the questions real quick. Sorry to interrupt you, Jeff. It's yeah. just, just still are not fully understanding this overall concept of, of the seller financed note. And why, I guess one of the questions, and you didn't mention this, Eddie, um, or if you did, I was typing away, but why would the seller even do this? Why wouldn't they just go sell it for 325 to, to someone else? Because they can't. Right, why exactly. Would they, why, would they, why would they sell you a house at a discount? Because right. no one else will buy it. Why don't they just go take every deal in the world and go list it with a realtor and and put it on MLS and somebody comes along and makes above the listing price offer and sell every property? Because they're a hoarder or because the house needs repairs or all of these reasons that we know that this is where our industry fills the gap that traditional real estate doesn't fill. Yep. Right. So in addition to filling the traditional real estate brokerage role and the agent role, we have an opportunity to fill the gap between and the lending space right now. We can do stuff that other lenders can't do. We can we can show people how to buy houses, whether they're bringing in hard money and how they make up the difference by getting the seller to cooperate with that subordinating second. And then you come in with your hard money at 60, 65% LTV, and you've lowered your overall cost to the deal, which makes now you're going to make more profit. You make the house better to sell, easier to sell on the back end. So we can show them how to do that. We can show them how to bridge other things. There's a lot of different choices, but you have to step out of the rut that you've been in where everything is... I'm going to get money. I'm going to pay cash. I'm going to close quickly and I'm going to sell as much as I can later on. No, you're still going to pay some cash, but you're going to structure the deal a little more thoughtfully so that you can do more deals. So Don, I know you've got some questions and I want to cover those, but before I, before we do that, I wanted to leave a thought based on what Jeff just said. Because this 
this is this answers don i think what you talked about at the beginning which is why does this matter to you why does this matter to this audience right and the answer is what would have been a perfect scenario 60 days ago in most markets is not the same deal today we all know that i don't know any hard money lender that has they've all changed their loan to value i mean am i right jeff i mean is that pretty much a generic statement the ones that are still in business have changed their ltvs the vast majority of them are gone because they all had hedge fund or wall street money and that is frozen up that's like what you and I were talking about, Eddie, before, you know, it's yeah. the, the market has changed. The real estate investor has a greater advantage, believe it or not, than he had 60 days ago. If he understands how to structure deals better than his competition. 60 days ago, it was buy low, sell high, structuring deals wasn't even a conversation. It was just get, get the contract written and flip it to another guy, right? Well, now all of a sudden that world has become different, which is when I entered the business at 20 years old, what I had to go learn, which was the way the, the financing was structured had all to do with whether a deal would close. And, and I encourage you to embrace this because let me just tell you something, it is worth a lot of money. Well, Eddie, I'm gonna just make this observation. Since I've been hanging out with you for the last 10 years, I've stopped rehabbing houses and I make more money with a pad of paper and a financial calculator than I ever did hiring crews to swing hammers and run sawzalls. Paper's a lot easier to handle than uh, sawzalls or whatever they're called. It, it, is. <laughs> it is, and I encourage you guys today, remember this may be the first conversation you've ever had about this. So you just can think about in the first 30 minutes, somebody was talking about real estate investing. Was there anything that was a little intimidating? And now you look at it and think it's not intimidating. Well, this is gonna be the same thing. So Don, I, wanna, I know that you, you, you're trying to make sure we cover these questions. So I don't wanna make sure that we yeah, I, I've just got three uh, questions and you can answer them real quick or if you need to take some time, feel free, but otherwise you can just go quick. Um, so in this deal, so the seller sold at a lower price, but according to the bank, they bought at full price, question mark. I'm confused. So can you Actually, clear that up? That's a really smart question. You're not as confused as you think. The seller sold the property at full retail but because of the way the financing was structured, they sold it at what I call a bargain. The closing statement had the full price on it, but the way you paid the money back, it was a discount because you paid them, you paid today's price for the property with tomorrow's dollars. With Sorry. 10 years out dollars on 60,000 of it. It should have been uh, 15 years, but. Yeah, I mean, 60,000 on a $335,000 house, Eddie, what is that? That's. 15, 16% of the purchase price? Well, I'm very tempted to tell you the next punchline. <laughs> Before you do that, let me hit, let me, let's, let's flesh out this deal completely so that everyone really understands this. Still good. So um, why would they settle for zero interest, Eddie? Why would the, why would the seller do that? What I've found is this, Don. 
people have something inside them that says, I want to sell my property at a certain price. There's a certain ego or a certain mindset or whatever it is. I don't want a discount. Yet they will give essentially the farm away in financing terms so long as they get their price. Yeah. And that's just a 40 year observation, right? So I would say if experience, if I can help you with one thing, because I've seen literally probably seen three or 400,000 seller finance notes, three or 400,000, I said, right? I have noticed this pattern that people, as long as they got their price, they agreed to crazy terms and justified it in their head. I, I think that's where in my mind, uh, and maybe other people can relate to this, but it's like leasing a car. You can, the car dealerships, they're gonna get their money. One way or the other, they're gonna get you. It's just how they get you. And it's probably the bad, bad way to say it right now, but it's a similar type thing. You structure the loan where it's advantageous to you, right? Well, let me, let me make a point about that. Yeah. So Jeff, you and I are good friends. You know, I know your kids, you know, my kids, like literally we know each other pretty dang well. And, and let's just say that we weren't in real estate. You were practicing law and I was a doctor or whatever. We, we weren't real estate guys. And so I had a piece of property for sale and the market turns and things aren't bringing as much money and money's tight and the mortgage companies aren't lending like they used to. And I want to call you and say, you know, Jeff, I had my property for sale and I want you to know I wanted 320,000 for it and I got my price. You didn't ask me the terms. I wouldn't know to ask you the terms. I'd be like, well, how'd Eddie be goes get so lucky to sell for asking price full ask when everybody else is selling for a neat and deep discount? Yeah. Yeah. So the advantage is that it's, there's a mental process. Now listen guys, this is what, this is what note school does. We teach you how to think this way, right? This is not, I, I get that on the surface with no guidance, it's like you, you got to start learning to wrap your mind around it. I will say with confidence that people that sell or finance are very happy with their deal because the closing statement gave them the price that they wanted the closing statement to say. So, so your, your guy asked a great question, Don, which is why would somebody do this? Because he had to compromise something and he didn't want to compromise price. Right. Exactly. I was giving you the softball. I knew the answer, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I know right. you do. <laughs> okay. Um, here, here's another one. In this case, in the case study Eddie mentioned, can the buyer sell the house prior to 10 years? He promised to the seller. So, what, so if your student wants to sell three, four years from now, what happens to that original seller? Well, okay. Are you going to let me get deep or no? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Let's do it. Strap it on, everyone. Lawyer. I got this lawyer I work with, Mr. Watson. You've heard of him, right? So I say, Jeff, can we write a, a clause in that mortgage that says that I originally bought this property? But if for some reason I want to sell the property early, can I put a clause in there that says that now I can go move 
this mortgage to another piece of property now i can sell this property because it doesn't have the mortgage on it this new property has the mortgage on it it's called an exchange of collateral i call it a substitution of collateral you'll hear the old timers talk about how they walk the mortgage or walk the deed of trust over to another property all it means is you were thinking ahead you got some good training and you had some good advice and you learned some skills and you papered it up properly to give you those kind of flexibilities. I am looking, I have two screens on my computer. I'm looking at an email right now, I promise you. Jeff Watson knows my partner, he knows this land. I will assure you that I'm looking at an email right now where the seller of the property has let us take the property we're selling away from the collateral and we're moving it to another piece of property. We are doing this like literally today. Yep, I've done this on a lot of deals. We just, and as long as you move that loan, I'm just gonna use the word loan so everybody understands it and I'm not gonna get all technical. As long as you move it to collateral or another property, of equal or better value, you're doing it in a very honest manner way, manner because you've been allowed to do it, and that's what the terms let you do. Right. Yeah. So you paper it up right. To answer your question, Don, that your your students' question here. I don't want to say that we can fix everything, but I'm saying that there is a sequence of things, a most important twelve things that kind of go along with this scenario. There could be 50 things you could do, but that's a little too much to start with. What I would say is I have a heart for like every person on here today to know that they're not stuck with having to pay 30 or 40% down because the hard money lender dropped their loan to value. There is another option. If they leave here with one single thought, they realize that they know another way to structure a transaction that probably their competition doesn't know, and that gives you unique advantage. Yeah, I know you say this all the time, Eddie, but a deal architect, and that's really what we're trying to give you a little bit of foundation to think a little outside of the box and become that deal architect and this people over profits uh, mantra that we keep talking about. So yeah. you, you can really help a lot of people out here by structuring this thing so it's advantageous for both of you is that right eddie that's the whole goal yeah you're, all right let's, gonna... let's get through some of these more of these questions on this particular okay. deal i have ran into the issue of hard money lenders not doing deals with junior liens attached where do you find the lenders that will accept a lien in conjunction with a second position lien you know were you on that zoom call with me last friday no Okay, but you've been on there on previous calls. Yeah. You, this so this is a mastermind that Don and I are in together. Um, so last Friday this came up because I went and taught this concept to very advanced guys the other day. You're saying why would you need to teach to them? Because in the last ten years they haven't had to know this stuff, right? So I brought back old stuff that we did back in the '80s and '90s, and you know, I mean, to me, I just dust it off a little bit and uh, make adjustments to whatever might be different today and we fix it. And so um, I would say that 
some hard money lenders are not going to allow for a seller second and some are and you just honestly you're just going to have to find hard money lenders that are willing to accept it jeff here's how i look at it from a from a risk to the hard money lender perspective i would rather my client have cash than have all of his cash sunk in a deal and all of a sudden he can't fight his way out of it exactly I think, Don, when you when that question came in with a hard money lender that says they won't let there be a junior lien, I'm like, does the hard money lender want the real estate taxes paid four years in advance? Because the taxes are a superior lien to the hard money lender. So I hear that term hard money lender in quotes because not all hard money lenders are created equal. The cats that I know, the guys that I know, the guys that Eddie deals with, that we teach and we work to and train, they would look at it and go, oh yeah, that gives you more liquidity. That lets you get the job done cheaper and faster, do it. All four of the hard money lenders that were on that call with us last week, Don, said they would allow it. Oh wow. I mean, very, very brand name hard money lenders. Yeah. Because well, they get it, they get it. They see a junior lien to me is, they're junior. They can't get in front of me. So if my borrower runs out of cash, then now I have a problem. So if I can keep my borrower in more cash because he can get a second seller carry in second position, I'm better off. Right. Yeah. I I have three questions that are all the same here. Um, stand by. So does this does this move have to happen before the sale of the existing property or at the time of sale? And then how much time do you have to move the loan to the new property? And third one is, I think you can answer this all in one shot. Uh, in order to move the loan, you would have to have open collateral on the new property. Example of this example is 65,000 in equity. Did he have 65,000 in real equity, Eddie? I don't, I don't remember. No, he wasn't, there wasn't open any, leverage. Yeah. there wasn't any equity. Right. So, so the so the substitution of collateral clause is a future situation clause. And that's how you get the customer to agree to it. They don't know what you're going to substitute and put a new property up because you haven't seen it yet. You just put a clause in there working with the right attorney. You put a clause in there that says if you bring, as Jeff says, as good or better property, that they're willing to do it. And I have experienced this over time that there could be a point of contention down the road, but I haven't I haven't had a lot of pushback with it because of the way we worded it, that we said, as Jeff said, right? As good or better collateral. So it's, it's not something you're gonna do in 60 days. So it's not really a conversation until down the road. Right, but Don, let me get in and answer the technical question of that technical part of that question. The substitution paperwork is executed and recorded usually at the same time as the sale of the collateral. Sometimes it can be done beforehand, but it's got to be done at or before the closing of the sale of that collateral. And it's all just on paper. You got a couple extra pieces to go file with the county when you're filing the rest of the stuff. But that way, the release and satisfaction is a true release and satisfaction for the asset that you're selling. It's a provision that says they're willing to do it based on certain conditions at a future date. 
Right. That's all, and that, that's all they need to agree to up front. Right. And that provision, you put it in both the note and in the mortgage or the deed of trust. I put it in both places so that there's no confusion about it whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Um, got some, sorry guys, I'm not prepared for the next question yet. <laughs> I'm still reading through them all. That's okay, because people people are still going to be processing what we just said and scratching down a note or whatever. The aha bulb just went on for them, you know? Exactly. And hopefully those are, are going off for a lot of people. Actually, they are. I'm hearing a lot of things where it's clicking now. Um, so in this example, uh, we've got two mortgages, but does it necessarily, can you, can you give us an example where there's just one mortgage involved or does it have to be the second? No, no. Network? That is a technique. Um, so when I say creative financing, creative financing would work where they literally have 100% equity. They don't owe anything. They don't need any money at closing. They're just going to finance the whole thing. Seller financing could work where they owed half of what the property was worth. And creative financing could work when they're like, they owe so much money, you can't even make a wholesale offer. Now, without trying to go lose the ground that we have helped people gain in comprehension today, those are different scenarios. But it does allow you using strategies to solve literally that many different problems. Not exactly the same way, but in different ways, you could solve that many different problems. So we solved a specific problem on that duplex in Seattle in the fact that the way that there was enough financing on it with enough of a monthly payment, there was about $60,000. It just couldn't, you could not put that payment on the deal. It wouldn't, the cash flow that he desired wouldn't support that. So how he did that was, his strategy here is I'm going to take this amount of money. It's going to be zero interest. There's going to be no payments due. It's just going to be a lump sum due in the future. Now, look, I've trained 10,000 engineers. So I will say, yes, you need a strategy to figure out how to pay the loan off in the future. Okay. So here is another likely scenario. It's not an absolute, but it's likely. The other clause that Jeff and I would want you to always put in that note is that if they ever decided to sell that note, they would sell it to you first. So this isn't just an individual that has a note. They're like the bank, but it's just, it's not payable to the bank. It's just payable to John Doe individual. Okay. He wakes up down the road five years from now and he says, dang, I'm owed 60,000 bucks, but that's in another five years. I'd like some money today. So he calls a note buyer. That's what I've been for 40 years. He calls a note buyer and he says, what would you pay me for my note? Well, before he's, he can sell that note to the note buyer, you've written a clause in there that says, hey, you got to come bring this deal by me first. So let me tell you a little story. Jeff has a client that I introduced him to, a young, smart man that lives in California. Smart. Wicked smart. And he writes this clause in this deal. He gets the guy to owner finance him 
He buys a house for 125,000, he pays 20,000 down, and he's gonna resell on a wrap note, and he's getting a giant down payment. So he's good with the 20,000 down because it's only temporary. He finances at no interest, which is not always what you're gonna negotiate, but he did on this deal, he does about 10 years at no interest. So it's just, he's paying for their equity over a 10 year period instead of today, okay? He makes about six payments on this deal. The guy's pay, he's paying like 850 bucks a month, okay? About six payments into this deal, he starts smelling that the guy says, hey, I want my money. Like they start out like this, Jeff, could you send me the check before the first of the month? You know how that goes and it's that kind of thing. So this is kind of a crazy story, but the guy just, you know, finally negotiates, he buys this loan at about a 75% discount. And, and Don, you were on that call the other day and you heard this guy telling the story. It's, yeah. I'm not saying that's normal, I'm saying that's possible. But I will tell you this, I have bought 40,000 notes at a discount. So what if you had a chance down the road to pay off your note, but Early. not have to pay the full amount? And you're not in default. You haven't done anything wrong. They just want the money early and they're willing to accept less than the full amount owed. Yeah, it, it was absolutely nuts to, to, to see that happen where you're buying your own note off at a discount. Absolutely incredible. It the the thing that people need to understand, and there's two there's two huge concepts I want to share here. And the first one is there are a lot of people have the money in the hand cash now perspective, and they do not understand the future value of money and the time value equations that you can use to figure that out. And when you can master the time value of money and the future value of money calculations it gives you an advantage over somebody who's only thinking about right now. Because you can see it from their perspective and your perspective, and therefore you can you can customize a deal that works for both. So let me, for the audience, because I've been down the road when I remember what it's like, when that sounds like, oh my gosh, there's some crazy math calculation and stuff. I can show people some fairly simple exercises with a financial calculator, within one hour, you will have a clear understanding that $100,000 due way out in the future could be worth $50,000 today. If you, if, you can, if you can be okay with understanding that you may not understand mathematically why that's true right this second, but it is a true statement, then you understand that if you could, then you're paying for somebody's equity not today, but over time, and that's why it becomes such a good deal. Yeah. So the other thing I want to talk about, Don, and this will help a lot of people understand, because I, I guarantee you, you're getting this question. They're going to be like, why would someone want to sell to me now and not get all their money now? Why would they want to wait? And let me give you the classic example that I see all the time. I get a landlord, they've held this property for a long period of time. And so I'll ask them, 
So do you want to pay the IRS all in one year or do you want to stretch the IRS out over time? Right. And the moment they like the idea of stretching the IRS out over time, they've just pretty much filled out half the application to owner finance me. That's exactly right. It's a good, know, that's a good what's really interesting is the IRS wrote a book about this and it's a publication called installment sale installment sale yeah okay. and it's it's pretty good reading <laughs> well it's funny you say that there's a question in here any books that jeff can recommend to better better understand the time and money concept but i that, that's uh well you know i think eddie eddie's got some stuff that he's going to make available and we're going to talk about in a couple minutes it's going to be the first thing that they need to look I, at i mean Everybody on the call needs to understand, I've spent 10 years rubbing elbows with Eddie Speed, okay? And the only person I have ever met that in his space that is as knowledgeable as Eddie is his lovely wife, Martha, okay? That's it. Those are the only two people that at the volume that they've been playing in this space for this many years, that's it, just those two. And the, I mean... Eddie, I can still remember how good dinner tasted the last time I was at y'all's house. Okay. So folks, that's how you, that's how I've gotten to where I am. Yeah. Okay? And I'll second that too. I I've known Eddie longer than you, Jeff, believe it or not. And uh, just fantastic human being, number one. And Eddie, you love to educate. Like you're like the classic educator. Um, so it, it's really cool to see. All right. Enough about Eddie. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Jeff, a, a question for you. Can you clarify the comment about taxes being paid in advance? And they say, great call, by the way. Thank you, Catherine. Okay. It's not paid in advance. It's paid over time. Do you want to pay the IRS all in one year? Okay. Then sell your house right now if you're a landlord and go ahead. You can pay all of your recapture now and you can pay all of your capital gains right now. But if you want to sell over time, then I can stretch out that portion you're paying on your capital gains over the amount of time that you want to collect payments. Exactly. You're going to have to pay all of your recapture the year you sell, but that capital gains, wow. If Boy, if I can stretch that over 20 years. So yeah. the, advantage, the advantage the seller has, Jeff, is what you're saying, is the IRS will allow you to take the gain over the 20 years you're collecting the note. And there's a trick that if I really want to play here, and I'm going to go deep for 30 seconds and I'll pull back, make it an interest only payment for five or 10 years at a low interest rate, and then I have no gain that I'm paying taxes on. I just have a deduction for the interest expense. Yeah. That's a good hook, Jeff. That's a good hook. <laughs> I just want to make sure everyone understood that on the call. So, Jeff, explain that just a little differently, just to make okay. sure. So let's let's do this. So Eddie Eddie had a couple that sold to his client Kevin, and I know Kevin quite well. Um, Kevin's a good guy, and they sold for three hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. Okay, so it was a duplex which means at least half of it was a rental property, maybe all of it. But that means that when they sold it, they had to go ahead and pay some taxes on it. 
Now, my taxes are due on, on the sale from a couple of different reasons. If I've depreciated the property like the IRS requires me to, when I sell for more than what I paid for it, I, get, I have to pay tax on the recapture of the depreciation. Don't get hung up on that. Because what I want to hang you up on is the gain on the profit is only taxed as I collect the profit. So if for five or 10 years, all I'm getting is interest payments with no principal, I'm not getting my profit. I'm not paying a tax on that. Yes, the interest income is taxable to me, but it's taxable to me in one of the most favorable ways possible on my tax return, okay? The long-term capital gain can, I just keep kicking it down the road. Yeah, so one of the things, Don, that I would teach somebody in negotiating this is to negotiate advantages that the seller could get that they wouldn't think up on their own. Right. So if I understand certain elements like that, I do a disclaimer that I'm not an attorney or an accountant and I'm not, you know, giving tax advice, of course. But then I would continue to say, I think if you'll ask your accountant, he's going to say this is going to limit your tax today and push it to tomorrow. And we all are fairly clear that people love to kind of think they're cheating the IRS a little bit or at least. Uh, not having to pay them. So now Eddie and I have a friend and I'll just refer to him as Pete. Okay. Eddie knows who I'm talking about. Okay. And one of the things that you learn is how to play by the rules and benefit like mad. Okay. And I want to help. I mean, I look at it this way. When I'm putting together a real estate deal, there are three parties to the transaction. There's the buyer, there's the seller, and then there's the IRS, okay? I want the buyer and the seller to win and I want the IRS to lose, but I'm gonna play by the rules and just take it, take full advantage of them. And you know, it's, it's that concept of, I don't wanna get my money any sooner than I have to because am I gonna take my cash? Am I gonna go down to the bank? Am I gonna go make 1% on my money if I'm lucky? By the way, folks, if you look to see what the current 10-year treasury is right now, two-tenths of 1%. It's going to be negative soon. So if I want to have a negative interest rate, I can go take my money. I can take all my money, pay taxes on it, and go down to the bank and pay negative interest rate. Or I can leave my money in the deal, reduce my taxes, and maybe make an interest income of 4 5 6% on that money. Oh my God, I'm excited. <laughs> Eddie's learning something on this call, guys. No, I'm excited because I'm thinking about the fact that with those market conditions, that is the perfect storm to go sell people to finance you over time at terms and conditions a bank never would. Right. That's right. That's and right. That equals a bargain. How would you like to, Mr. Homeowner? Mr. Home Seller, go lock in a 10-year CD at 6% interest. Yeah. What bank will give that to you? Well, I'll give that to you. Yeah. So, Don, I, I want to reemphasize this because, I, I, once again, I have a real heart for understanding that this conversation is over 
developed over a period of time, right? We didn't we didn't just start thinking about this 20 minutes before the call started, right? <laughs> but but here's the here's the 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 market conditions for this situation are usually in a black swan situation. In 1980, it was one black swan situation. Here in Texas in 90, 1986, it was another. In 1998, eight of the biggest 10 mortgage companies went out of business, securitization crisis. Remember that, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Then 9-11 then happened in 2001. Then two, in other words, every, people ask me how I figured this stuff out. I figured it out in bad market conditions because there wasn't any real money. I had to structure financing around deals because there would just wasn't cash. So when people look at the market conditions, they go, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And like, can I really seize an opportunity here? And and, and that's why I said while ago, I kind of wiped my forehead going, I mean, like if, if you have some clarity that there are ways to structure deals, maybe you don't know it right this second, but if you have some clarity that you know how to structure deals that that make deals close and give you an advantage you know as far as yeah they're willing to carry financing because they don't want to pay taxes and they can't go put the money in a cd and get any money for it they might as well keep it in the deal but they might carry the loan at two percent interest hard money loans going to be like 12 percent interest which is better two or 12. you see what i'm saying so these are the things that if somebody's looking at this going, you know, I'm kind of trying to figure out where my real estate business is right now and where my real estate business can go from, from a guy that's sitting here that's fairly seasoned, I'm saying this ought to be clear. There is definitely a way you can go in this business and make it opportunistic. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I want to transition in just a minute, but I want to just ask a couple more of these questions that related to this deal specifically. Eddie. So um, while this creative financing is, is in place, so this 10 years that they're holding the note, who actually has ownership of the property? I know that's a simple question, but can you just clear that up for everyone? Ke the, the guy, my student, Kevin, owns the duplex. He pays the taxes. He pays the insurance. He collects the rent. Lives in one half and rents out the other half. That's right. And essentially living for little or no cost in a beautiful home in a really nice city. Yeah. Who owns the note? Let me rephrase the question. Who owns the note? The guy who sold it. Yep. So the, the original home seller is the bank. Whether the bank is an individual that sold the property or whether it's literally a bank, the owner of the note is the guy who's receiving payments on the note. Yep. That's a great question. Even though he's not receiving anything, zero. He still owns the note. Still owns the note. I just want to make what sure. If I, what if I gave you a post-dated check that's dated, the check's dated 2030? Right. On the check? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Eddie, you want to, Eddie, if you want to do that, we'll test this, okay? You give me a check for a million dollars dated <laughs> January 1st of 2030. I'll hold on to it for you, Eddie. <laughs> Right, so Eddie, this is a, a great question. So we got a lot of people with, you know, they're they're looking at a three hundred or two hundred sixty-five thousand dollar cash deal. Like, wh where is that going to come from? So, 
the question specifically is, do I need to have a lot of money to start doing this or am I not getting it, question mark? So um, can you clear that up too with financing and, and how you can structure these deals the right way? So there's no absolute, but I can tell you with a thousand percent integrity that in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, living in a KOA campground, in a 10, an old 10 by 40 mobile home, I started doing this business. I'm not exaggerating on any point of that. When I started in this business, my father-in-law was an old Southern gentleman, Mr. Shoemake. And Mr. Shoemake was having the very conversation with me like we've had here today. And this 20 year old kid living a 10 by 40 mobile home goes, Mr. Shoemake, this this financing business sounds awesome. Only problem is I don't have any money. And Mr. Shoemake in an old Southern accent goes, boy, you're missing half the equation. He said, you, you don't buy these loans or these properties with your money. You buy them with other people's money. OPM. Yeah. And obviously that's a lot of what we teach. So John, Don, I want to go back to that question where somebody asked about the 265 because they were taking the 265 and adding the 60 to it and coming up to that purchase price. The, the buyer was making a payment to the seller on a $265,000 first position note secured by a mortgage there. The second note of $60,000 was the one that was tucked in sweet and going to sleep for 10 years. Yeah. Okay. He and only paid $5,000 down. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are getting hung up on like, why would they do that? And it's because of the situation they found themselves in. And you're literally, Kevin, in this example, literally helped this gentleman out of the situation that he was in. So it well, was, go ahead. I've met, a, I've met, 10,000 realtors that said, why would somebody sell a house at a discount? Right. Exactly. Uh, there, there's a lot of questions coming through, guys. But um, so I think to Eddie, let, let, let's talk about how they can learn about all the questions are like, how do I, how do I get in touch with Eddie? So let, let's go through that. How, how can they uh, I think you're holding another webinar tonight or something like that. What, what's Actually, going on? It's going to be next week. Next okay. week. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do it next week. So, so just go to noteschool.com forward slash real flow and it's spelled the way you guys spell it, right? Yeah, I'm going to put it in the chat box, everyone. So you can go to the little control panel and see that. So it's Copy and paste it and then use it. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to give them a nice little read. In fact, Don, you read it today, right? Yep. It was a quick read and unbelievable. How do you think I know so much right now? <laughs> so we're going to give you a quick read and it really, I think, addresses a lot of the questions that you have. And then secondly, we're going to do a training with you. And by the way, the guy that's going to do the training with you about 10 years ago was exactly in your spot. He had never bought a property. He attended, you know, some training. I want to learn more about this. 
I know he was a real flow user for 100% fact, Don, by the way. Um, and and he so he has he he helps me with kind of one on one training to get people started. I I do a lot of stuff, Don, with guys that in a circle you run with or Jeff or those things. And you can but but I, I have a heart for not getting you overloaded with too much so that you lose the vision of what you can accomplish. And so this guy, Brian Lochner, is rock solid. I mean, this guy is the best I've ever had helped me do in this. He really connects with beginners and shows them how to do it. And he definitely has a heart for it because he's been there. And uh, so he'll do like a, a workshop and there'll be some options at the end of the workshop. And sometimes people say, I just say, hey, I'd like a little more. And he'll even say, hey, man, just you know, come to a, you know, if, 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 if an hour and a half wasn't enough, you can come to a, a one day thing that we'll do. So we'll slow it down. Case studies, I intentionally today wanted to make this more a conversational instead of like what we teach with case studies. We definitely, definitely, definitely believe in teaching with case studies and we'll just unpack what's possible. I mean, you want me to blow your mind for a minute, Don? Sure. Okay. So Jeff Watson happens to be an expert in self-directed IRA accounts, right? I know he is. That's kind of what I love doing. So Jeff will tell you that you can go buy a note at a discount and take somebody else's money and fund most of the cost of that note and take about a thousand dollars, maybe 500 of your money and own the back half of the note. So you could buy a 20 year note, sell 10 years up front, they pay for most of the note and the back half of the note, you have a thousand dollars invested and you are collecting payments on the rest of that hundred thousand dollar note. Now that sounds crazy, but that's the kind of techniques that we teach. It's being a deal architect. So, Eddie, I got to interrupt you because I got an email yesterday from a borrower wanting to find out the payoff balance on a note like that inside my IRA. <laughs> and I was like, do I really want them to pay me off? I haven't gotten a payment yet. There's still a few more owed to the front end holder and my IRA sitting in the back end. I'm like, yeah, I'll take my money now. You know? Yeah. The idea is this we if this is if if what we're saying today is just of interest if you can see there's possibility look it's it's really easy to slow it down with like a you know we use powerpoint but it's like slow it down with a whiteboard lay one number up at a time build the story lay it out do all that kind of stuff it starts becoming really easy to follow yeah, the one thing I took away from all of your trainings, Eddie, throughout the years is you're a very, very visual person, more so than anyone else I know. And I think it's killing you not being able to get on a whiteboard or a nice PowerPoint right now. So, uh, yeah, it, it, to see to see the way you amortize the loan and balloons and when you get into more advanced techniques, uh, you got to have the visuals or else you, you get lost real, real quick. So uh today's conversation but but uh all the stuff you'll see eddie has a lot so here here's the here's the here's the biggest takeaway i would say of all today 
in all of the cycles and all the black sun swan situations, I can tell you with a thousand percent integrity that my net worth jumped more in those cycles than it ever did when things were great. It's a great point. Yep. So Eddie, I'm going to ask you this question. You've only been doing this for 40 years. I've only been doing this for 27 years. Do you think this is the last black swan that we'll ever see? <laughs> Not unless God takes me early, Jeff. That's all I can say. I'm I'm pretty sure there's a there's a whole flock of them out there still headed our way. Well, and and it's funny, you know, Don, as you know, Jeff and I have messaged a lot in the industry, and we've been kind of saying for a couple of years something was going to happen. Now, who could have ever figured it would be a virus? right or who could ever figure that the old business was going to have this crazy market condition happen to it or who could ever figure now because of the virus there's what is perceived to be a shortage of mortgage money right so the reasons that that all of those are above you know one thing kind of ties to another but let me say this if you are able to structure financing on real estate deals other than just all cash, your stability in the market in the future coming out of this virus, I mean, I, I, I hope that's undeniable. It's like you have just strengthened your position unbelievably. You think that's true, Don? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, it, this is where people get very wealthy you know, in these black swan events. So this is where wealth is made right now. Je Jeff, what's your opinion here? Well, I was just thinking about the phrase that, you know, there's data, there's noise, there's information, there's knowledge, but then there's wisdom. And I've tagged the line for a long time that wisdom equals wealth. And you've got to know how to apply the knowledge that we're giving you in this market. And boy, you lock in these deals. Oh man. I mean, let's face it. Real flow came into existence at the beginning of the last black swan and yeah. where we've and where we've come from. OK, Greg and I sat down at, as we were heading as as Northeast Ohio was heading into it. And we we deliberately talked about what real flow could look like. Now, is it 10,000 times bigger than what we ever dreamed? Yeah. But it was because of a black swan that we created real flow. Yeah, but get some housekeeping stuff. Um, so noteschool.com slash real e flow. And I put that in the chat box. So you should be able to see that everyone. Uh, that's where you're going to go to get the ebook, which is really well done, Brad Pitt. And um, so everyone will get that joke later. Uh, Eddie's Brad. And, uh, and, and uh, the other thing it's going to allow you to do is get on one of these webinars. So you can learn some more about what we've talked about today. I think a lot, of, I, well, not, I, I know a lot of minds were absolutely blown today. And these techniques are what's gonna be needed in this market moving forward. So you, you need this uh, tool in your tool belt now. Uh, so um, another piece of uh, thing I just wanted to mention was um, the recording, thank you. The recording is on investorshift.com, S-H-I-F-T.com. I said that at the beginning of the call. 
I really, really recommend everyone to, to, to go to that site and look at it at least you know, once a week, if nothing else, but we're putting new content up there every day. And that's a service that RealFlow is providing you. Uh, and uh, if you have RealFlow or if you have our free trial, uh, know that all of the courses, that we've unlocked all of those uh, with this pandemic. You guys have a lot of time at home. So, so we gave you the courses, nothing about what Eddie's talked about today, um, but, but those are in there as well. Uh, the stuff that we talked about today is is really really intriguing for sure and and it, to be brutally honest it's yeah. new to me so uh especially the stuff you talked about earlier in the week eddie man that just it, it these things once you know what the seller wants you can back into that in a lot of different ways is that right eddie yeah, it's a, and once again, it's a building block. So Don attended a very, very advanced class. Um, and I hopefully we haven't, hopefully we've done you justice today and that we haven't like escalated the ideas so high that you, 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 you get a little intimidated. Let me just encourage you, if this old cowboy at 20 years old can learn this, you can learn it. And I understand like, it's like eating an elephant, how you do it one bite at a time. But that's why we're just trying to give you some good, solid resources to get a deeper hold, to start understanding more ideas, see some case studies, and all of a sudden it just starts, you start realizing how it would apply in your business. So, yeah. And Eddie, I mean, Don, I want to go back to the other thing you were talking about, updating the site on Friday. I anticipate by Friday that CARES 2.0 or round two of the PPP will be will be signed into law and there'll be some updates on that. There's a couple of twists that are in the new legislation that I was reading this morning. Yeah, folks, I still read the stuff even though it's still being written, you know, and uh, we'll, I'll get you some highlights for Don to put up on the website so you can see the differences. Um, it's, they did it, they, they learned, Congress learned, they adapted, they made it friendlier to small businesses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what Jeff's talking about right now and you're interested in uh, in the government loans, the EIDL or the PPP right, property. Yeah, P three P's, right, Jeff? Property. Right, three P's. Yeah. So anyways. Uh, payroll protection plan. Payroll protection plan. Payroll, thank you. So we have a lot of uh, calls already in the in, on investorshift.com that's recorded there. And then a lot of resources at the bottom of investorshift.com. Hit the resource button. That's really where all the stuff that that is new and and important to you guys. And uh, I know that we updated the site today, Jeff, uh, with the new legislation. But but we'll continue to update that yeah. as soon as it goes. I mean, law. I I anticipate that it's going to go pretty much unanimous through the House because the Senate already passed it. I anticipate it to go through there and I expect President Trump to sign it um, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. And I expect the banks to be back doing these loans midday Friday. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to just give a spoiler alert, folks. Go to your community banks. Yeah. Go to the community bank in your community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I got mine funded. Yep. I got my money today, Jeff. Way to go, Eddie. I today I got to tell the big regional bank by both voicemail and email, pound off, because my my local community guys got me taken care of, you know. So yeah. 
And I, you know, here's what I'm going to tell you, folks. Eddie is a wealth of knowledge. So if you don't get over to note school forward slash real flow and grab this 50 page book, you're just missing it. Um, Eddie's going to show you how to do these deals. And he's going to show you how to do these deals where you never violate what I call the quicksand rule. There's a lot of people out there that'll teach you owner financing and they think they know it. But what their surefire plan is, they put you in quicksand. They're going to take the seller out of the mess and put you right in it. Eddie's plan, we don't, we don't believe in the quicksand rule. We pull the other person out of the quicksand without us falling in the trap. Exactly. It's 32 pages, not 50 pages. Much, much easier to digest, Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I like longer stuff. You know how I am. It's something that'll be helpful. And then and it'll prep you. That I'm doing that. So it's prepping you for the workshop. And you might, as Don said, listen to this recording again, maybe before you come to the workshop and kind of get yourself prepared for it. And then uh, you'll, you, you will, I, I will make two absolute promises to you. You're going to love Brian. He's really good at like teaching the one-on-one. He's just top notch at it. So, um, and then Eddie, I'm going to make one other comment, folks. You're going to have to do what I did. You're going to have to write down a term you don't understand and you're going to have to go look it up. Exactly. And then read it and then figure out how it fits in the deal and what does it really mean? You know, because until you read substitution of collateral or until you understand what a subordination clause is or what a right of first refusal is, or you're not going to understand walking the mortgage. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Eddie, any uh, any parting words you'd like to, to give us some more wisdom at the very end here? No, I, I, I really if I hope we've done one thing today is I hope we've given a vision of there's market conditions that are conducive to being other than just a buy low sell high operator and i think we're entering that market and i'm i've spent my life doing it i teach i've taught my kids how to do it uh it's in my skin i love it and uh, i just hope it's something of interest to people it has to be if you're going to be an investor in today's new market you this is a requirement now from my point of view. It's not, you can't just go rely on wholesales and fix and flips and, and standard easy and deal. You're so right because the, the typical person that's been listening to us the last month, if they were wholesaling two months ago, three months ago, a lot of the people that they were wholesaling to are out of business. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, or they're not buying. Or they're not buying, or they're scared to death to buy, or their money's dried up, or whatever. And boy, when money leaves the system like it's being drained out of a tub, and you see that vortex going down the drain, man, you have got to figure out how to create financing structures that avoid that problem. Yep. And that's what Eddie's the best at. We're still getting questions. You are, yeah, and we're still. I'm going to say it one more time. Noteschool.com, real e slash real e flow. It's in the chat, guys. So you just look in the in the chat section over there. Uh, but that's the the step to get the book, and then and then to go to the webinar next week to learn some more information here. So thank you, Eddie. I know this is a lot of time out of your very very busy day. 
everyone, you should see the comments. Uh, I'm going to send them to you, Eddie. And thank you guys, by the way, for all the wonderful, wonderful feedback. It, it gives you a little goosebumps here. If you guys could read it. Um, uh, but thank you. The, we appreciate giving back. The people over profits is something that we're really, uh, really embraced. Um, so, uh, so thank you guys. And, and thank you, Eddie, for all the time today. Thanks, sir. All right, guys. All right. Wonderful Peace. afternoon. Thanks, everyone, wow. again. Hey, welcome back. Wow, that was some powerful information. Eddie and Jeff obviously dropped a ton of knowledge bombs, and I hope you didn't run out of ink in your pen. Well, listen, guys, don't forget to check out InvestorShift.com. This is an amazing real full publication, and it's set up to help all you investors navigate these crazy times. And guess what? It's totally free. It has tons of articles, tons of video resources, and you can get it all at investorshift.realflow.com. If you like this, please don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and stay healthy out there, my friends. And keep this in mind, nothing works unless you do. This episode is brought to you by RealFlow, the smart way to invest in real estate. All the tools you need to automate lead generation and marketing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave us a review and subscribe.